Little Red Bandwagon is a place to be. Call and talk to Meredith or Christy, Bobby, Jeremy, Ann or Mike. They won't make you take a hike. 802-432-TBTL. 802-432-8285. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live, finally home again in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Pape, and this morning I am joined by hosts all over, starting with Anne Lundholm, coming to us from New Brighton, Minnesota. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Bobby. From the suburbs of the Twin Cities. On to Texas. And I'm going to do this out of order. Uh, Mike, you're going to be next in Austin, Texas, still for just a little bit longer. Good morning, Mike. Uh, Good morning. Yes, not too much longer. And we're saving Meredith for last because she's broadcasting live from the Audi of Dallas studios. (laughs) No, Audi in Dallas. The Audi in Dallas studios. The Audi garage in Dallas studios. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Bobby. Meredith, can you tell us a little bit about your setup this morning? Um, yeah, so I'm on a different laptop from what I'm usually on. I am, I have the seat reclined all the way so that the laptop will fit on my lap. And the window is cracked slightly because the laptop was low on battery and I have an extension cord running from <laughs> the wall of the garage into my car. <laughs> can, you, can you reach your phone to take a picture? <laughs> I can, but it's very dark in here because I'm actually in the garage with the door shut. So I think it would just be a picture of my screen, but I'll try. Flash, please. Use the flash. <laughs> oh, yeah. Flash. Uh, the car's not running yet either, right? Because no, Because this sounds not. like a terrible movie scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Time Meredith, is Meredith. running out, you guys. <laughs> we Wake have to up. hurry. <laughs> She's slipping away from us. Well, now sleepy. that we got that out of the way. <laughs> Uh, This is a Monday edition of the show. We're going to recap the latest week of TBTL that was. But before we do that, something I've been remiss in doing consistently lately is to remind you of our last Friday episode. And this is a a really incredible one to go back and listen to. Uh, As we're making a a point of doing once a month, Phyllis Fletcher was on for your Friday, April 1st edition of the show with a Phyllis flashback clips from April's past. But forget everything about TBTL. The reason to go listen to The Last Little Red Bandwagon is because it features uh, an original radio piece by Phyllis Fletcher from, I don't know, a dec- over a decade ago, Mike? Yes, about 12 years ago. That that she produced about her family and her father uh, that is uh, a driveway moment waiting to happen. And I don't care if we're infringing on... NPR's trademark for that. So, but don't make it a garage moment if you've closed the garage behind you because right. it's a pretty long moment <laughs> and it might be your last. So, uh, it's a piece about Phyllis's father, what sweet Phil from Sugar Hill. Yes. And how many kids? 14? 14 by 13 women. Yeah. Whew. So, uh, he was halfway slick. <laughs> he was about so halfway slick. Yeah, he was. Go, go listen. If you don't like 
us than just listen to the last half an hour or so. But really, you don't seriously. like. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> We're going to do some LRB business followed by your weekend review, including your clip of the week, which Mike just did a little foreshadowing on your housekeeping and how to get involved. But let's start with LRB business. Mike, uh, how's House Hunters going? Uh, things have really accelerated. Um, I, I just said goodbye to um, my nephew, Emerson, the trunk supporter. Uh, they He was here for nine or ten days. It wow. seems like years. That's a wow. long time. Yeah. I assume you're sending him back because his visa expired. <laughs> Right. Right. I checked his paperwork and we just had to uh we had to get him out of here. Um it's it's tough uh entertaining a six year old for that many days. I mean kids that age I don't think should have a spring break, in my opinion, because you need someone entertaining them for eight to nine hours a day, meaning school. Well, and what are what are they taking a break from? Right. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> nap time was grueling. Recess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it uh it went well and he, and he enjoyed his time here and he never once even talked about going back. So uh, yeah, he had a great time. Uh Emily and I were pretty exhausted because we had all the house stuff going. Um and by that I mean things have gone into high gear. We met with our uh agent yesterday to set our asking price and go through all the details of this week, which will include um, photography, uh, staging, and on Friday morning, we'll have to be out of the house by 10. We can come back, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll have to be out of the house from 10 to 5. Friday and Saturday, the house will be uh, available to show constantly, you know, because I I guess uh, we're doing this. Our agent told us this because um, if houses are vacant, the agents, you know, are going to go to those houses first instead of going through the hassle of, you know, setting up an appointment, getting us out of the house and and all that. So we're just going to clear out Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Sunday will be at the actual open house where the agents will be here all day and, and showing it. So, we're expecting multiple offers and expecting to probably get above asking price because of the market here. Um, and, you know, uh, once we sort through that, we will slap down the money on the new house and, and get going to Kyle. We're anxious to move to Kyle, Texas. It has a lot of cachet, Kyle. Uh, Austin, eh, nobody cares about Austin, but Kyle's the hot place. <laughs> Kyle's where you want to be. I'm still working on the slogans. We'll work on that. I mean, I imagine it's the Bay City, so that's a start. <laughs> sure, sure. No water anywhere, but it is, in fact, <laughs> the Bay City. I think there was an Onion article, I'm trying to find it now, about uh, the five cities to raise your child in if you want them to be a loser. And both oh, no. Buffalo, New York and Denton, <laughs> Texas were on that list. Oh, Denton? Really? Oh my well, god! Because I know at one point you, you had talked about Denton. Uh, Denton's a nice town. I, I, it's the Onion. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they pick five off a dartboard. And... Yeah. It is a nice town, actually. I really <laughs> like it. I, I would, I would prefer to go to Denton. Um, I could spend plenty of time looking for that right now, um, <laughs> and I will. But let me also start talking about some other things. And uh, 
We've been encouraging people to friend you on Facebook yes. because you were looking to crack the century mark. Uh, <laughs> how's that going? Uh, an update on Operation Anne Has Friends. Uh, on my first appearance on LRB, I had 98 friends. And I have now 127 friends, which is a 29.59% increase in my friends. There's that LRB bump. I like it. I love it. If there's anybody else out there who wants to be my friends. It was really interesting in my anecdotal evidence is that the ladies came out and friended me right away. And then it was a number of days. And then the guy started rolling in. Mm. <laughs> uh I like that um, you gave a very statistician answer to that. Oh, always. And, Two decimal points. And that points. you've been following the demographics <laughs> on it. <laughs> uh, thank you, Am. Let's get that number up. Uh, let, let's try to get to 140 oh my God. by next week, guys. Yes. You guys, my therapist will be thrilled. <laughs> you if ever, right. if you anyone ever to... does a show about our show, that's the clip of the week. <laughs> <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> Hey, uh, and, and guys, guys, don't, you know, don't play it cool. Don't do you do your usual three day Facebook rule. If you like, <laughs> Anne, just, you know, jump in. Know. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and Meredith, before we move on to the weekend review, uh, you told us about your setup, but you didn't tell us why. And that's oh, my fault. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, I've got my sister, her husband and their two kids are visiting because um, they're on spring break um, and they we are also having the entire house wired with Ethernet cords and Wi-Fi hotspots all around because our Internet doesn't reach across the house. And it makes my husband furious. <laughs> so <laughs> the ho house is torn apart. There are men just like crawling around, putting wires through the walls, drilling into things, destroying everything. It's a it's it's a madhouse. It was terrible timing. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I also just kind of needed an hour of quiet. Sure. So here I am. So you have 12 mammals in your house, plus uh, cable work people. One of them's a puppy. Two of them are children. It's You're madness. not selling me with the children. <laughs> I'm not trying to. <laughs> with that, your TBTL Week in Review, starting with Monday, episode 2085, Don't You Dare, Ugly Man, Hurt My Mother. And it starts with a new sponsor, uh... I forget if this had come up the previous Friday, but uh, a cold open, uh, at least from the version I downloaded, with Andrew doing a promo for Roan.com. And I just wanted to ask you guys if you had ever heard of this before TBTL. Never. Nope. Nope. But he looks good while he's breaking a sweat in his clothes from Roan.com. Did anybody check out the website? No, I have not. Have you? I did. The cheapest thing you can get is a t-shirt for 65 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> for that price, I better get that elusive 2X slim cut. <laughs> and Andrew's wearing these walking and sweating on his way to the hot dog stand. Is that yes. oh, the utility? He's running around the neighborhood looking for Theo. Oh, Honestly, oh. I can't see Andrew wearing any of this. I mean, it's pretty sharp stuff, but... It's all men's stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's the Lulu men, Lululemon for men. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I'm going to pass, which is, I mean, I try to buy as much of the sponsor stuff as I can justify. We don't have a Casper mattress yet, and I haven't tried Blue Apron yet, but uh, well, I guess I'm just falling behind. But I just think it's well, between this and the Polyclinic, they're getting an overload of <laughs> new awkward sponsors. <laughs> I, I would say uh, the guys that I've met through TBTL, I don't think anyone wants to see them in a male version of Lululemon. <laughs> <laughs> I include myself in that. Uh, I do want to mention, speaking of awkward sponsors, there was a lot of talk on the Facebook page about the polyclinic spots because I think one of the guys actually said that they were supposed to be regional. But I think it's Chris from American Public Media actually clarified TBTL is nowhere near big enough to zone its advertising (laughs) regionally. Yeah, because people in Germany were like, I'm hearing them in Germany. I don't think. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, my knee hurts. I got to go to the polyclinic in Fly Seattle. To Seattle. People in Germany are thinking, but I have I have universal health care. Why do I care? Oh, by the way, interesting side note, maybe just to me on the polyclinic. Uh, that is the clinic that I originally went to when I dislocated my knee. And they prescribed me my first uh, prescription pain medication. Oh, so, no. So the polyclinic was a stepping stone, uh, <laughs> a, a beginner to your life of crime. But I also have a lifelong friend that has worked for the polyclinic almost since he got out of college until now. And uh, it's a great place. And he's a great guy. So I don't want to S-talk them. I, I, was in, I was in pain and they gave me pain medication. So they did nothing wrong. <laughs> All right, back to the show. Andrew, who filled in I'm running down last week, is filling in again on Monday, so we'll hear more about that on Tuesday when we get a post-mort. But he mentions that uh, in a jarring moment on live radio, just as they were about to throw to commercial, he decided to ask if anyone knew the name of Anthony Weiner's mistress. Was that out of nowhere or was that related to something? It was out of almost nowhere. Oh, oh Andrew. Um, the problem was that he was so relaxed and Luke, I don't put a lot of direct quotes into my notes, but this, this direct quote, you were in a radio jacuzzi and you were so relaxed that you farted. (laughs) Very apt. Yes. Uh, Luke for his part is diving into some criticism from the previous week. He received a handwritten letter about how terrible he was on Minnesota Public Radio. And Anne, being our Minnesota correspondent, can you give us an idea of how Luke might have been different from the regular NPR experience? And it looks like you've got a note on where this guy was from who wrote the letter to. Oh, yeah. Luke was fine on the radio. He was great. I mean, his voice was shit. But um, content-wise, I thought he was great. It's when he said that the letter writer was from Edina... I said, oh, okay, there we go. Because Edina is kind of like the old money suburb of Minneapolis. It's like if if Thurston Howell III lived in the Twin Cities, he'd be from Edina. There's a lot of athletes and CEOs and stuff that live there. And I, I used to work in Edina in retail. And the saying goes that Edina stands for every day I need attention. So that pretty much sums up that guy. I, would you expect – it sounded like the guy was a Trump supporter. Would you yeah, expect it did. Trump support from that 
section of the woods. Or, I, or I at least a trunk oh, supporter. Oh, yes. Yeah. In fact, um, my interesting family fact, my grandparents lived in Edina for many years, and my grandmother was the representative in the state house for Edina for 18 years, and they were pretty rabid Republicans. I don't know that they would necessarily have appreciated Trump, but they were such yeah. party loyalists that I think – I mean, my grandfather was the chair of the Republican Party in Minnesota in the 70s, so they were deep into the Republican mindset and um, a lot of Edinas that way. And I should say that there are lots of really nice people in Edina. They're not all – uh, giant douchebags. So Caroline, who's a ten, lives in a diner, and she's great. So, well, not to get uh, political though, um, I, I'm just rolling it over while you're while you're talking. I guess if you're a Republican now, what are your choices? If you're trying to be a reasonable person, <laughs> what are your choices? They're you don't terrible. have a reasonable choice, nope. right? I, I I sort of feel bad for the Republicans because I don't hate Republicans. I, you know, they have their opinion and I have mine. I kind of feel bad that they don't have anything even, even non-embarrassing to, <laughs> to get behind. So I guess this guy in Edina, you know, he's got to be a Trunk supporter and he's got to hate Luke. And if it had been, you know, this guy's voice is for shit. He's not funny, you know, whatever. But yeah, it was, uh, Luke shouldn't have let it get to him, but it was pretty weak. No, it was actually a really interesting discussion, too, about people who are drawn to authoritarianism. I mean, Mm -hmm. Trump was only mentioned in passing. It it was not meant to be a critique of anybody. Yeah, I think I think uh, Trump supporters have some rabbit ears right now. You know, they're 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 listening for any little criticism of their guy and they're going to, you know, grab their boobs or punch them if, if they disagree uh piling on to luke criticism uh on last week's play wait don't tell me during bluff the listener luke made a crack about snoop dogg being an amateur rapper uh as a throwaway line as yeah. we often like from luke and he received multiple as in more than one tweet about uh perhaps either Luke not understanding how influential he was is as a rapper or uh just that that Luke's tastes are clearly skewed people who just didn't get the joke this should be a regular segment on the show and it should be hey dummy <laughs> <laughs> the the, the Dinah guy and the people on Twitter could be featured hey dummy it just takes like 10 seconds and you explain it and you say all right move on with your life you fucking dummy Mike, how dare you mansplain that to our audience? (laughs) (laughs) Now we have to talk about mansplaining for a minute. That's awesome. Yes, we do. Because it's definitely a thing. Yes. But it is only a thing when a man is talking down to a woman who knows more about a subject than he does. Right? Like that is the definition of mansplaining. And so that this her this Twitter person's accusation would only make sense if she was the president of rap. (laughs) And I don't think she is. So that is an abuse of that perfectly good term, if you ask me. Yeah. What's the, there's a drop from, I'm honestly not sure what show it's from, but it's. Oh, uh, Inside Amy Schumer, 
right? Oh no, no, not the not the oh. president of rap music one. That one I know well. No, there's an audio drop of a man explaining football to a woman or challenging a woman on football prowess. And he asks her when the first Super Bowl is, and she says when, and then she says, what does a running back do? And he says, he gets paid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the mansplaining drop that I think of when I think of this. I don't know the show. I got to see if I can go back and find it. Uh, but, yeah, Luke's a terrible mansplainer, obviously. Um, but it's a serious thing, and uh, it's a shame when people throw it around like that. Uh, top story. Top story. Uh Facebook did a safety check uh, alert for people who may have been impacted by the Pakistan bombing, except they sent it to people all across the world in different random places. Whoops. And I think the real news here is that Luke thinks it's cynical. He thinks that Facebook's just doing it so more people will engage with Facebook. Why can't it be both? Um, Right. I mean, why can't you give a shit and be making money? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he went on a very talk radio-y rant about Facebook, and this is just like all of his other consumerism, how dare you tell me it's for the environment that you don't want to wash my sheets <laughs> and towels <laughs> rant. We've been getting this more and more from him lately. I think he's just getting old. Or yeah. staying in a lot of hotels yeah. lately. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I admire also- that pitch, actually. That's, that's my take on it, is... The first time I saw one of those placards, I was like, I see you. It's a good I see spin. What you're doing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nice job by you. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, because I was in the hospitality business and I also, you know, I I, I admire a good scam. And so. Makes people feel warm stuff. and fuzzy about your hotel. It's not bad right. for business. Right. Uh, let's go to Mac and Cheese, which was the other news story from Monday. Uh, I, I, that's a hell of a move they pulled. Speaking of. Hospitality will go to food service. Uh, uh, I can't believe nobody noticed that they changed it. I mean, I, when, I don't remember the last time I made a box of macaroni and cheese. I I was, that... I was vaguely aware that they were going to do this. Um, that's nothing I ever eat, but I kind of pay attention to the food people, like the like the Alice Waters, mostly because mm-hmm. I hate them. But um, you know, people have been pressuring them to take out this whatever. Um, and so I, I think they just didn't announce it, but I think it was like a plan for a while. And right. I remember something about that too. And, and Bobby, I believe that there had to be a lot of people that noticed the change in the ingredients on the box as if they were just sitting there looking at it. Cause there's so many millions of people that eat it and, you know, might glance at the box. But if it were me, I would look and see, oh, yeah, these have changed. I wouldn't assume that nobody had said anything or I would just assume that I didn't, you know, I hadn't seen it. I hadn't. It's a pretty unremarkable thing to, to get up in arms about. Yeah, paprika. Right. <laughs> they put uh, paprika I, I, in my macaroni in my and cheese? Food? Oh. I just see Mike sitting at his dining room table writing a letter to Kraft demanding free macaroni and cheese because they removed the red dye 40. <laughs> Mike from Medina. a couple of stray notes here one luke calls for itunes reviews again i wonder if they're getting like um not pressure from apm but i wonder if they're being reminded to remind us because he's done that a couple of times recently yes yeah 
Um, and I, I get it. It's important. But like I wrote my iTunes review for TBTL a long time ago. I'm not going to go <laughs> right. change it now. 2009, I think mine is. <laughs> Jen Andrews is the best. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's talk of food deserts. And Luke gets into talking about how he ate healthy as a kid because his mom made a point of that and that it was the cheaper way to eat and so that he doesn't understand food deserts. And he sort of dances around talking about it, but then does. Oh, it's my favorite thing. Whenever he says, let's not get into this, and then he immediately gets into it. Yeah, in such a way that he has the last word. Yep. It's always like that. Well, we have the last word because he doesn't listen to this because Luke is wrong <laughs> about food deserts. <laughs> <laughs> they are a thing, but let's not get into it. Uh, Luke also made chicken soup. Um, thinks of Cook's Illustrated as sort of a porn magazine of food. At least I do, and is trying to drink his coffee black now. Yeah, okay. Yep, exactly. Email from listener Evan. This is a follow up from last week uh, about whether or not to wear shoes in the house. Um, he says he married a foreigner, and so no shoes in the house just sort of came with the relationship. They even have little Did booties. he use the term foreigner? He said he married a foreigner? I believe he did. Either he did or Luke did, because I don't think I pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> I don't remember uh, where she was from. If I Japan. yeah, if I married a girl from Brazil, okay. I just wouldn't say ah, I married a foreigner. <laughs> foreigner, <laughs> well, pretty broad know. category. It's just my Canadian. Uh, <laughs> I married a fog hat. <laughs> yes, uh, and I see you have a quote from this. Yes, indeed. I don't remember. Was it Andrew who said it, or was it Luke who said that they have? <clears throat> excuse me, plaques that say, in this house, we consider fur a condiment. So one of, one of them uh, was criticizing someone who said that or had that. No, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But it's well, true. I, yeah. I think it was in the context of, of how much Rudy sheds and he yeah. doesn't seem mm -hmm. to have a huge problem with that, but yet there's, I don't know. He He's so inconsistent. I mean, you ha can keep your shoes on, but we have to vacuum the dog every day? I don't know. Um, Meredith, you live on Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. How do you keep the fur down? I have a Roomba. Oh, okay. So that runs every day, and it's always full of the big dog's fur. Uh, my husband likes to blame it on the cats, but it's all exactly her fur. Because so. it's the wiry... Yeah, it's yeah. identifiable and she's big. Yeah. I mean, she's a 75 pound dog. She's going to shed more just by surface area. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I clean kind of obsessively. I'm always cleaning the counters cause they're not allowed up there, but they don't know that. Um, <laughs> and I think it's disgusting to have cats on the did, counter. Did and you the put table. A they never read the there? handbook. They never do. Nope. So I just, I clean a lot. I mean, I spend a lot of time cleaning and I have a robot that cleans for me. <laughs> I'm just picturing a little sign that says animals, please stay off the counter signed the management. <laughs> well, we, we have, uh, Abby doesn't shed very much, but the bunny is always like molting. He's changing, changing his look all the time. Um, and then you have ginger who just is always shedding. So I have to sweep the floors every day. And then, uh, Emily went through the, radiation and she was shedding because she she oh, developed no. like two you know bald spots and and her eyebrows almost disappeared those are back 
and her hair is actually starting to come back. But I mean, I've been dealing with a lot of hair around <laughs> here. A lot. That's a that's a foreign concept for you, isn't it, Mike? Uh, yeah, because uh, yeah, normally I keep my my head shorn, but um, given everything that's happening, I've neglected to cut my hair, and right now I actually have a full head of luxurious hair. What? Not for wow. long. I hope. Show picture. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I uh, we need reason, to get out I, of Monday. I shave my head for a reason, folks. It's I have a full head of terrible hair. <laughs> Uh, we need to get out of Monday, but before we do, we just need to reflect on the clip from Amal and the Night Visitors. This is my box. <laughs> and we get one of the ladies to say that in the clear. No. <laughs> and uh, Luke telling of when he performed this in what middle school or something, but right before going on stage, wolfed down an entire bag of dick's fries. <laughs> and, and then kind of horfed him back up as soon as he started singing. <laughs> oh, memories. That, that tastes so good in my throat. I also did this. Uh, I did a mall in the night visitors in children's choir when I was probably eight or nine. Although I wasn't the star. I, I was, I've always been an alto. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, uh, are there any clips or can you give us a little sample? There might be, but I'd have to go through like cassette tapes at my mom's house. (laughs) Sounds like a worthwhile cause. Get back to us. All right. Uh, On to Tuesday, 2086. Lovitz, would you like a sausage? Uh, Luke talks about tea and doing T25, getting him sore. Uh, Andrew's having IT issues. And this is where we pick up the term carbuncle for the day. Gross. Yep. Uh, we get a Ron and Don post-mort. Uh, once again, Andrew was extremely comfortable live on Cairo. All he had to do was not work there anymore. Um, and Luke tells us about how he's been manicuring his Twitter feed. So if you see responses that are completely out of context, it's because he's deleting things that don't get good traction. What I'm wondering, as he's curating this, it's as much for people when they go search Luke Burbank to get a quick and concise, you know, history of his jokes and, you know, um, that it's very, it's very clear whether they should follow him or not. But is he also curating it so that when someone who has the power to verify finally goes to his site, it just looks just tight, you know? Right. Like if they went to look at mine, it would be just like re- I'm retweeting some doggy pictures or something. And they would go, <laughs> oh, no, this guy's a mess. But he, they want him to think that he's really on top of the shit. So they'll give him that check mark. Is content a part of the verification process? I don't know. I mean, I think he might. I think this might have crossed his mind. But why know? is it important to look like you never talk to anyone else? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm performing here. It's like it's like uh, he's creating a brick wall like the improv, yes. you know, it's like. <laughs> It's just me. The, it, I'm gonna. It's my talent alone. We'll see if it stands. I have a thought about getting him verified. That's a different avenue than's been tried. He mentioned, I think, that Chris Hayes has gone to bat for him with Twitter. Um, yeah. How could that not have worked? They don't listen. I think they enjoy their power. I think the trick is we should somewhat. I'm afraid to say this out loud because somebody's going to do it, but someone <laughs> sure. should create a fake luke burbank twitter account oh. called 
real Luke Burbank, you know, or something like right. that. Oh, and start steps tweeting. have to be taken. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if there's a conflict or a confusion on who it might be, then they're going to yeah. have to take steps to verify him. Yeah. Because uh, I think we're going to need to we're we're going to need to find out how entitled you are feeling today to verify. <laughs> uh, something tells me I, I do not have time to take on this project. I have enough fake identities on the internet <laughs> sure. to manage. Sure, Jamal. <laughs> Oh, God. And yet he never played that basketball game. Uh, Top Story Tuesday. A lot of Tuesday I think we can plow through real fast, but I do want to get to the OPP. Top Story, love it, spoof. Uh, This is the young female comedian uh, who uh, did some drafting behind the celebrity of John Lovitz on Twitter, mostly. Uh, The spoof was that they were an item. And no one could understand why an attractive young woman would ever touch John Lovitz. Um, and then it was all a spoof. To which I say, who cares? Who cares what John Lovitz is doing? Or that Maybe that's lady. why it didn't land. Because no one cares what John Lovitz is doing. Yes. Yeah, I, I wish him the best. And he, I, I think about him as much as he thinks about me until mm-hmm. it comes on TBTL. Well, I mean, it raised everybody's uh, – it, it got everybody on the radar for the first time in a while. I don't remember the last time I thought of John Lovitz. Probably probably a rerun of The Critic came on right. at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Andrew went on an old man rant about the internet <laughs> and spoofs. Uh, and then we moved on to this story about Zardulu, which they found in the New York Times and I think specifically made a point about saying they think they were the first people to crack this open because clearly they don't listen to Reply All, which did a whole episode on this a few weeks ago. Nobody cares. Not a Zardulu fan here. Mm. Yeah, you know what? I'm not either, but the Reply All episode on Zardulu is really good. So um, I'll take a break from telling everyone to go listen to The Gist to go tell everyone to listen to Reply All. (laughs) It's a good show. Yeah. Uh, get a voicemail from listener Joe wondering if he's the only West Virginia 10. Uh, spoiler alert, he's not. We get a couple more later in the week. Reminder that Brent Flyberg made a map of where all the 10s were at some point, and we should try to resurrect that. Um, Brent Flyberg, if you're listening, we miss you. Uh, you were my favorite blogger for TBTL. <gasps> what? Wow. Hurtful Bobby. <laughs> April Fool's. Well, he was my favorite too, and you can follow him on Twitter at at Blent Freiberg. Yes, that because is his Twitter handle. It's important to have a Twitter handle that nobody can spell or figure out. Blent Freiberg. Blent. Fr- yes. Uh, Mike, you know I love you. I just uh, want to get under your skin. I'm I'm the only blogger to actually be fired. I'm the only one who wanted to keep blogging and wasn't allowed to keep blogging. Uh, and you were in a, a constant editing censorship fight with uh, who was it on the other end managing the post? True, true. Uh, Jamie Griswold. The Grizza. The Grizza. Uh, Jamie Scorheim, I think, is her married name. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was the nicest battle you've ever, you know, the most polite battle that ever happened because she wasn't listening to the show. Um, sometimes there were things that weren't dirty that she thought were dirty that, that she cut out but 
uh, yeah, there was, it was, there were, there was a lot of back and forth because they were still with uh, mynorthwest.com at that point. And then things got switched to IG and they didn't want a, a bunch of rank amateurs writing their blogs. So I got cut from the team. To be fair. I, you... I got fired from a job I was not getting paid to do. <laughs> you were temporarily just... replaced by Stubot though. So that's. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm not saying I was anywhere. I'm anywhere near close to the best blogger that the show has <laughs> ever had. Uh, but I, I felt like I was doing a good enough job to not be fired. <clears throat> well, but I don't think they ever read my stuff. No, I should have curated it like Luke. I sh- should have got it down to like three like paragraphs, you know, that were just neat and tight and deleted yeah. all the nasty comments you got. <laughs> right. Right, delete all the horrible things I said about everyone while I was blogging. Well, it was a my west my northwest dot com comment section. So, yeah, Oof, uh, it's a rough rough place. On to the other people's problem for Tuesday. Uh, we get a, a message from a mother who has a child who's in daycare. Uh, it's sort of a. It sounds like an out of the home or or at least sort of homespun style daycare, as many of them are, and. The woman is great and she's affordable, which is important, but um, she puts the kids down in front of veggie tales a lot. And uh, this mother, this family is, I think, atheist and is mm-hmm. uh, specifically not looking to indoctrinate their child in Christian culture. And so they're uncomfortable with this. I'm in favor of veggie tales because anything that encourages kids to eat more God is a good one. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like any kid who's raised without religion is going to have to learn how to deal with religious people. Like, this is a life lesson. The kid's only two, though. So it's not the time for that. And if they care that much, they need to change daycares. Yeah. I, this lost, it's not lost on me, but I don't have kids and I vaguely remember veggie tales but i think i was too old for it to matter when i first became aware of it so i had plenty of indoctrinating into christian culture uh not as much as most uh, tvtl hosts apparently but uh especially you know luke and if Jen, it had been but... garbage plate tales or or pastry tales you would have paid a lot more attention right. I think, yeah no absolutely <laughs> uh, diner breakfast tales i would have been all over <laughs> right. it <laughs> right it would have you would have been wrapped uh but now I used to go to like summer Bible vacation school because I had super evangelical neighbors. Of course, I didn't know that's what they were when I was a little kid and they would push me into all this stuff. But I just went for the free snacks and camaraderie. I couldn't have cared less about the religion. Yeah, we, we didn't have religion really in my house after I was like four or five years old. Uh, I had Mormon neighbors and they really cared about religion and I would a lot of times uh, go to their outings and play in their basketball leagues. And no one ever really pressured me to do anything. It was just, you know, these were nice people and we did fun things. And I was able to survive my childhood without becoming afflicted as a Mormon. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have some familiarity. I mean, like it or not, this is still a Christian country in a Christian culture and that informs a lot of what we do. So I don't think it's bad to understand what goes on. And I don't necessarily think that that's going to mean that you're going to believe in that. I mean, I grew up 
Lutheran and we went to church and I'm confirmed and I stepped away from that 10 years ago. And I just think we, we all find our way to what we believe in. Veggie Tales isn't going to make the difference. Well, I mean, I think the convictions of the parents are important here. If I get it, a two-year-old's impressionable and not old enough to to suss out what's uh, propaganda and what isn't. So, you know, if it's a problem, I think you got to pull the kid. I do agree that that talking to the talking to the woman running the daycare is going to have zero impact yeah. on how they. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, I believe, had a, if you believe the people that run the daycare have a have good hearts, and they they mean no harm. Uh, then I think you can let that go. Well, there's your advice from a bunch of childrenless people in an XCOM. <laughs> I said as I punted the child that, that was here down the driveway. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. Cut Luke using the word shiznit from their broadcast. The fall- previous week. Surprised me just at all. Of course they did. NPR. Not for profanity, just because it's a dumb word. Yeah. Yes. Good call, in. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's about thirty years ago, buddy. It, and Andrew tells a story about being mad that he saw. Was it? Yeah, that the, the band Whiskey Town is back, but really it was just the name of a whiskey restaurant. No, that that was, that Luke. was Luke. Excuse me, that was Luke. Yeah. I mislabeled it in my notes. It was a festival. <laughs> he was, he was right to be a little bit mad about that. He he was like out of proportion mad, but it yeah, it is kind of shady. I it's not the same it. as it's not the same as naming a festival Nirvana. <laughs> no, I mean yeah, <laughs> they got absurd with it, but but it I was just like very misleading. The analogy: the Beatles is our sausage fest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's go to Wednesday, 2087. Uh, notice me, Largent. Notice me. I have to say, as a Bills fan from the Northeast, I feel like I know more about former Seattle Seahawks because of this show. Of course you do. Uh, than I, I ever do like 20 minutes on Jacob Green right now if you really want to hear it. Oh, please do. Only if you oh, want. Wait. No, no, I, I promised. I promised you about. I do that on the sport. If yeah, I was gonna say only if you want fifteen minutes on Jim Kelly and the K gun. So just let me turn the car on and keep the garage door shut while I do that. <laughs> Have your own driveway moment. Yep. Uh, Andrew's embarrassed about a mistake in the previous day's show. Actually, I think it was in a polyclinic spot because he said uh, epidemiologist instead of dermatologist. He also said that epidemiologists study epidemics, which isn't exactly true. They study public health. And he also, when he said dermatologist, he said dermatologist. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, Luke got, Luke got his time zones backwards. Sometimes it's best just not to correct so. yourself. Just leave it. Yeah. yeah. So whatever. Uh, on to the Jim Nance story, if we can. Uh, uh, we We don't need to break it down completely, but... <laughs> Jim Nance's wife gave him a picture of burnt toast to show servers because he wasn't getting his toast burnt oh, enough. He's a monster. Is he golf man? <laughs> he literally is. He right. Is country yeah, yeah. Golf man. Um, and so this is, there was talk of Andrew and cheese. So I guess Andrew could have a picture of not cheese. Yeah. Uh, there was a mention of Van's hate of onions from back in the day. Um, and I think this was talk of people saying they're allergic to things. Well, the the thing about the onions thing, we talk about that sometimes, Emily and I. Um, 
telling people you're allergic to onions, onions are used in cooking 99% of the things that you'll yeah, ever like... eat in Texas, especially. So if you say you're, you're allergic to onions, you are opening yourself up to a lot of ridicule among kitchen staff. Let's talk onions for a second. Um, and then I, I want to know from everyone if you have, you know, things that you request. I have a, f a few. I try not to be too much of a dick about it. I don't like raw onion very much. I just don't enjoy it. If it's cooked into something, yeah. I don't care. But like, it's very if I'm strong, getting, yeah. If I'm getting get, a burger, I get that. And especially because at some restaurants, like they just run a red onion through the slicer and you get a disc of red onion tears and poison. <laughs> at like a three-quarter inch setting. Uh, right. Cut on top of your burger. Right. <laughs> and so here's That's here's fun. what happens. We'll go, I'll order a burger or a salad. Yes. Sometimes, just last night, a Greek salad. Uh, I'll say no onion. It'll show up with onion anyway. I'll take the onion off and we'll all move on. Yeah. That's pretty common for me. Yeah. Um, do you guys have... Uh, or are you not a pain in the ass? The only thing that I usually ask to be removed is blue cheese. Um, if I'm ordering a salad, I really don't like blue cheese. Um, but yeah, onions, especially if they're those giant rings, are super easy to take off. But I like cooked onions. I usually will get grilled onions. Well, there's a pro they are – because it looks good, they do that thick cut on the red onion. Yeah, it's and, pretty. Uh, yeah, it's just plating – but and and I find myself if I get that because I kind of want the red onions and I would love like if if you serve me any meal even like pudding with a side of chopped red onions I will sprinkle them on what so I, <laughs> they're they're that good so but like when you get that on top of your burger or something I find myself like snapping it into little pieces if I want to use the red onion because as is it's unusable. And I feel you on that, Bobby, because they'll serve it to you and you're like, really? Because that's as thick as the fucking burger patty. Right. Not, you know, I love onion, but I don't want to cry while I'm eating. Right. Uh, Anne? I am never, ever, ever going to ask for a modification in a restaurant. She's I'll a just, Westerner. She's yeah, not going to be oh, trouble. No. I love you, Anne. I'm going to order something else. If I see that, I don't know, that has banana in it, I'm just going to be like, well, I guess that's not something that I'm going to yeah. get. Yeah, I would never order a modification either. I've never subbed anything. But yeah. I have a standing rule, and this even goes past the onion thing, especially when I'm somewhere new. And this came up a lot the last couple of weeks while I was traveling. If I'm going to a place that everyone says I have to try, then I want to eat whatever their thing yep. is, and I want to eat yep. it the way they do it. Exactly. I can't stand it when people go into a restaurant like, oh, they're known for their chili, and then you don't get it. We, Mike, you and I, we went to Mike's in Seattle. Yeah, Mike's Chili. And I think they, they pile on cheese and chopped onion. Yeah. Uh, of course I'm going to get it. it because that's yep. the way you experience that thing. Hot dogs are like this too, and, and uh, we'll talk about this later. Actually, I'm going to do it right now. Rhode Island, one of the things it's known for are their uh, hot wieners, red hot dogs. And you get them all the way, just like Luke likes his steak all the way. All the way. <laughs> so stupid. If you order something all the way in... What does that mean? Jack Nothing. Daniels whiskey sauce and mushrooms? <laughs> no, that's TGR Fridays. No, all the way. But that's what I think of all the way. You know, what are they going to do? I mean, that, that's not a cooking instruction. That's a that's a smothering or something. Right. Well, all the way in Rhode Island means chopped onion, 
mm-hmm. and mustard and yeah. sort of uh, God damn sauce, the local sauce. And so I, <laughs> if you're going to get it, you get it all the way because that's the way you do it. Yeah. You just you suck go, it up I, and I, eat it. Hey, I, I heard your hot dogs are good. Can you give me one with some ketchup, mustard, and some relish? Thank you. <laughs> and then you haven't had the experience. You just ate the fucking hot dog that you ate back in Michigan. Right. Where, you know. Do you want to defend Michigan hot dogs, Meredith? <laughs> I nope. just chose it at random. <laughs> Meredith, all the way mayhem. That's me. <laughs> no, they don't have special. There's one place actually in Grand Rapids. It's called Yesterdog. It's kind of a local legendary place. And they do serve pretty amazing hot dogs. They're sloppy and disgusting and they taste great. And they're perfect drunk food. They're open, you know, past bar time. But I want to get it just with a little ketchup and maybe a little sprinkle of relish. Only five-year-olds do that. Can I get it cut up into small pieces on a plate? Nope. Uh, I just realized that I started a hot dog story. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, You started a hot dog discussion. That's better than a hot dog. Right. It was a, a, you know, we were having an intellectual thing. Discourse. Uh, Luke likes his steaks done. And that's where this comes in uh, to our lives. Because Luke likes his steaks further done than most people would ever be comfortable cooking them. Uh, And he gets a lot of shit about this this week. I'm kind of torn because that is a shame for a good steak to be ruined like that. But also he's the one eating it. No one else is being forced to eat his gross steak. So who cares? I don't know why people get sanctimonious about how people like their steaks. Right. Uh, I like a little char on my steak. I like a little bit of that grill crispy edge bitness to it. And so I'm torn about how I order my steaks because I don't want it to be tough. Like I don't want a well-toned steak, but I do want some of that around the edge. So a little contrast to the, to the tenderness, to the mooing in the middle. Yeah. So if I, if I'm somewhere that's like a chain restaurant, like if we go to a Texas roadhouse, which we do on occasion to indulge butter of steak, uh, I'll get a medium well because I want that edge char. But it's different if we're at a fancy, if we're at Andy's Morton's, I'm not going to order a medium well steak. We went to a really nice steakhouse last night for my brother-in-law's birthday. Um, and I got a filet and I had it medium. And it was nice and red on the inside and very nice and crusty on the outside. Damn, I'm so hungry. So what good. People I'm doing hungry to too and I don't have any leftovers. <laughs> I don't know. How do you tell him, hey, can you turn up the grill? Because I want the outside charred, but I want the inside red. Sure. It Um, depends on the cut you get, too. Right. The last thing I'll mention is that I'm very particular about chicken wings. And I like my chicken wings done really well done because I like them really crispy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have ordered so many times and said on the phone, I would like your chicken wings well done. And then I'll pause and I'll say, longer than you think you should leave them in well done. <laughs> well, Bobby, when, when you do that, if you, especially if you're having it delivered, because the restaurant I work for, we do the chicken wings and we also deliver. Uh, if you ask for well done, first of all, if you get chicken wings, they got to go through the oven twice. If you want them well done, they got to go through three times. If you want them very well done, like you do, they got to go through four times, which means those wings aren't even going to be available to leave the restaurant for the next 30 to 35 minutes. Yep. So 
be prepared to wait a long time if you're going to have those delivered or, you know, also if you're dining in, of course, if you, you know, if you want them legitimately burned. Because they talked that there was that steak discussion, too, and Luke couldn't believe how long, why it would take so long to cook a steak. Well, those steaks are really thick. Yeah. So, you know, unless you're going to microwave them, you have to have them on the grill a long, long time. And if it's a nice steakhouse, they're not going to use one of those things that smashes it down, which makes it, that speeds it up, but it's awful. Although if you're ordering a steak well done, do you really care if you smash it? (laughs) Uh, no, no, I guess, yeah, you just tell them. There's no uh, juice left All the in way, it smash point. it, whatever. Yeah. Two notes, uh, and then we can move on, and this is from Bobby's School of Chicken Wings. One, if they're going through an oven four times or at all, I'm probably not going to order them. I'm probably only going to order them if they're deep fried. Yeah. Uh, and I am prepared to wait. That's fine. In fact, yeah. if places tell me, if I order wings well, well, well done, and they say, oh, great, uh, you can pick it up in 15 minutes, I usually <laughs> say to them, no, I'll be there later, because I know yeah, that's just no, not the case. No, I won't. No, I won't be sitting in your lobby looking at my phone for the next um, hour. And wing school that. item number two is that I always get my wings dry and sauce them when they get to the house. Yeah. Because if they're Good sitting call. in the hot sauce for 20 minutes in somebody's Toyota on the passenger seat, you that know, negates all the crispiness. Exactly. Right? Uh, and in yep. fact, I really like a little pizzeria two blocks from our house. Uh, and I've come to an understanding with the guy who owns it because he thinks I'm weird. Cause I get the wings plain and he was offended that I didn't like his sauce, his wing sauce. And I had to explain to him, look, I'm from Buffalo. <laughs> it's not personal. But just use Frank's and butter. I don't want the 800 ingredients you're putting in your wing sauce. I'll just Mm -hmm. deal with it. Uh, We get some role play. Speaking of Andy's Morton's. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Talking about um, Luke and his ordering and Jim Nance and his toast ordering. Uh, It was Andy's Morton's and Andy's House of Mouse. It's for snooks eat. That's some decent role play. Yeah. It would be the clip of the week, but we have bigger fish to fry on this episode. Um, Luke also reminds us that he thinks that ordering first while out to dinner with a woman, or I guess anyone, is chivalrous because you're taking the hit of going first. Where did he get this from? What kind of weird logic is that? (laughs) If you need more time, tell him to come back. Right. If I'm ready to order and Sam is not, I ask the server to come back. It's just common sense. I like that um, Carrie knows better and has corrected him on this, but he still doesn't believe it. Yeah, I sent her a message about that. <clears throat> and here's what I said. I said, thanks for straightening him around on letting women order first in restaurants. How did he get to his late 30s not knowing about this courtesy? And she said, he's an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in the scent of eau de self-absorbed. <laughs> Twitter bio. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get him verified. The show, gets inter- the show gets interrupted because Luke sees the teenager from next door. I assume the one with the disco lights in his bedroom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sneaking out. I think running across the roof. Yep. And blows him in on the show. Not that the neighbors listened. God, I hope the neighbors don't listen. Uh, he, and- he calls out a lot of uh, criminal activity. Yeah. On this this week's TBTO. 
And then he recalls stealing tips as a kid. I think from the frozen yogurt shop he worked at, what one of his eight hundred jobs, and taking them. He to just go sounds get... like the just the worst employee ever. Well, that's what you get employing teenagers, right? And when you're hungry, you need to go to Jack in the Box. Yep. I mean, it's not like you stole um, uh, ten dollars from a student's cash box, or just made up prices while working at Dick's. Or close uh, the yogurt shop while it was supposed to be open. God, I used to do that. I uh, did that too. Working at the coffee shop I worked at as a senior in high school, that closed at nine. I would do everything to close it down in the last hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And then at 9.02, I would clock out. <laughs> be like, everything's clean, everything's shut down, everything's ready to go. And if somebody walked in at 8.58 and wanted something, I was pissed. Uh, this is why I never order food from a restaurant within an hour of it closing. No, me neither. Mm-hmm. Because I remember being on the other end of that. Uh, on to haircut talk. Um, I can't remember how we got into this conversation, but we get into quite the conversation about haircuts, including Luke getting his haircut at the uh, training center when he was a kid. Supercuts training center. The Supercuts Training Center. Supercuts. Supercuts. Why don't we take a minute now and listen to the, listen back to Luke describing getting his haircut at Supercuts. Famously in the same way, um, although the story has been told many times on the show, I got a haircut once where I wanted it to look like, I think it was Jordan Knight from the New Kids on the Block, a step cut at the time, which was very popular, where it was like longer on top and then much shorter on the sides. And there's kind of this, real difference between the hair on top and the, and the sides. It almost, it's like a step. It's like a very uh, noticeable, it's not blended down, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it doesn't go from one length kind of ease, eased into the next length. It's sort of like a big difference that's very noticeable. I thought that was a very cool look. I told the lady, I did not have a picture. I did not have uh, a picture of toast or meat mm. or Meher Baba or a good haircut. And uh, it was at the training center at Supercuts and she shaved uh, a... Uh, a skin, a giant patch of bald skin on the back of my head in the shape of a heart, because that is what she <laughs> I thought I was. Dis- she thought that that's what I. And all she said the whole time was, "I know you like. I know you like." <laughs> it was a big heart. Yeah, I was trying I to gesture. Didn't, you must. This must. <clears throat> you must have told this a lot back in the old days. I've never heard this. I'd remember. I was trying to explain that I wanted it in the back to go into kind of a little bit of a point. So again, just imagine the hair on top is real long, uh, but then it, it – anyway, in, in my trying to gesticulate and gesture what I wanted, it came to her as shave a giant bald patch of – in the shape of a heart in the back of his head. And the lady who was the supervisor of the Supercunts Training Center came over and had a look on her face because I couldn't see what was happening because mm-hmm. you know, the lady was behind me. I'm looking at the mirror. The trainer came over. I think her name was Patty. I knew this lady because we went there. Our, all the kids in our family went there for years. My mom would always take us to the – because, you know, free haircut. And, you know, language barrier, the fact that the people who were cutting hair had never cut hair before, none of these things stopped my mom from bringing us to this place. But Patty, the trainer, came over and saw what had happened, and she just had a look of horror on her face. Mm-hmm. And the only way she could fix it was to shave my – all of my so it would grow out equally because otherwise I'm going to grow out 
in a weird, you know, it's yeah. gonna, it wasn't going to grow out the same. She had to basically shave my head into kind of like that military haircut that like Marines might have where there's just a, there's like an oval of hair on top of their head. Right. And yes. everything else it. is shaved. Mm-hmm. That's what I had to have. And it was, it was quite embarrassing. And it was right before I started school at a new school. Is very very. It would have been kind of bold. I mean, this is one of those things where no, only a, a very very small percentage of the population is this kind of just like naturally cool. But like, there are some people who would be able to just own it, right? I mean, that person is not mm-hmm. you or I in our youth, right? certainly. But who would be like, now I got a heart in the back of my head, <laughs> and I'm going to go into school and just like kind of totally be able to just be like, yeah, I have a heart in the back of my head, and and people, you know what I mean? There were just those kids who had so much charisma they could do anything because they just yes. owned it. I, too, know what it's like to have bad hair and bad haircuts. Um, I, too, go to the supercuts when my hair gets long enough to cut. I, I've never gone to the training center because I'm cheap, but I'm not a moron. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of kids. Think about... <laughs> it was a lot of kids' haircuts. That would be like how many, seven times $12 a haircut. But you have to do a little bit of math. Once you've had, I mean, I've probably had 50 super cuts at least in my life. And Stop batting average is about 50, 50%, you know, 500 in good haircut to bad haircut. Uh, that batting average is going to go down at the training center because some of those people aren't going to make it through the rigorous super cuts training process and you might get one of those people and you probably not like i have to i have to jump in i can't do this justice because it's no friend of mine in fact it's the friend i was visiting in st louis but he has memory of being young and going to a supercuts where an old asian woman cut his hair and no matter what he told her he wanted she would just say back to him, you want boy cut? And then cut his hair exactly the same way every time. <laughs> I've uh, recently been made fun of for my haircut in college. A friend of mine um, sent me some old pictures and I shared them with Emily. And she, you know, because I had kind of a flat top in college. Uh, and she said, I look like a dick. And worse than the flat top was, she said, the we were playing Pictionary in the in the photo. We're just sitting, sitting, me and these two friends of mine, we're sitting, we're drinking beer, and you can see the board. We're playing Pictionary. And she says, the way you're holding that pen uh, makes you a dick. What? You are, yes. <laughs> okay. Can that be the show picture? Can the you haircut and the way I was holding the pen. And I, oh, I don't know. It made me mad because I'm holding a pen. What are you supposed to do? I don't know. How um, can the way you hold a pen make you a dick? Is it, is, ladies, is there a thing? Is there, I need is to there see a... this. I need to see this picture. It could be. You kind of oh. set yourself up for that, Mike. Uh, better or worse than the perm? Oh, I would have to say way better. There are no pictures of the perm, thankfully. And that was like uh, summer after high school. So that would have been 1920. <clears throat> Wait, are you holding the pen? You know how debate kids spin pens on their fingers? Um, I'm not that? sure. Because that's automatic dick. 
I'll go I'll go dig out the picture and, yeah. and put it in the chat so you guys can but carry on. Uh other notes from the show, it took them until forty eight minutes in to get to the show sponsors. Uh the top story uh was Joy Montiel tweeting at the establishment as a proper noun on Twitter. <laughs> Which is a great story, but there's, I mean, there's nothing more for us to unpack there. She kept tweeting at it until she found out it was, I forget what the establishment on Twitter actually was, but clearly not the this establishment. women's magazine or something. Yeah, but this means she thinks that the establishment is an actual organization. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that, what, controls the world and politics and social justice. And they have a Twitter oh. account. <laughs> Well, there it is. I mean, they just don't tweet. Of that is so strange. I've been on a string of Simpsons references the last few weeks, but I think of the Republican headquarters from The Simpsons, which is like always in a big, huge mansion, and it's always dark out and intimidating. (laughs) That's where the establishment meets. Yep. Uh, Andrew talks about how he used to get angry tweets um, if he didn't post the show fast enough. Um, I think I know who he's talking about, but I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just getting berated by all capital letters tweets, the TBTL wasn't coming out fast enough. <laughs> Come on. Where's my free thing? <clears throat> yeah. Get more hobbies, guys. <laughs> this soup is terrible and I would like more of it for free. Yeah. Uh, and email from listener Jeremy about the mac and cheese and new Coke and wanting to make it Pepsi-esque. Um, <laughs> Ed, you made the best note on this. Oh, my God. Andrew saying that he thought it would be great if just one out of 400 cans of Coke would be orange. Not the can would be orange. The liquid be, would be orange. So you pour out your Coke, and it's orange. And he thought that people would be like, wow, that's neato. <laughs> and let me tell you, if something orange comes out of my Coke or Diet Coke, there's no way I'm drinking it. I'm calling the 1-800 number. As someone who has bad ideas on a regular basis, I I recognize a horrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of you and bad ideas, Mike, you just shared this picture with us, and I think everybody's right. This does have to be the show picture now. Uh, Can you tell us who's in this picture? Uh, The gentleman on the left is one of my best friends from college, uh, Michael Hall Smith, Mike Smith. And the gentleman in the middle is Neil Leslie. Uh, all three of us were involved with the um, with the uh, car accident uh, spring break when we were seniors um, in which my leg was crushed and uh, uh, Neil he, Neil's neck was broken. At the time he was a se- he was a uh, senior at Portland state and he was just about to have a professional, uh, sorry, professional soccer career, but it was not going to happen after he broke his neck. And Mike was the driver of the vehicle and he was unharmed. And of course, as I said, my leg was crushed. Um, so what's the, what's the verdict on, you can pass judgment on the other gentleman as well, but am I a dick? Yes. What are you doing with that pen? You're not writing on the board. I can't. I can't. You're not even holding it in a way that you could write with it. So yeah, you're a dick. And help me out. Inconclusive. 
That's that's um. Well, if me or Meredith, if if one of us is the Russian judge, you're still screwed. <laughs> so, I wanted to make a joke about that guy's awesome mullet, but after yeah. that story, I'm not going. Yeah. To. His mullet couldn't protect his neck from being yeah, broken in a, when say. a VW van turned over six times in a field. <laughs> All right. That's not laughter. I I'm, promise it's not laughter. Oh, and Mike, the driver of the car, the driver of this VW van, uh, lots of scratches, a few bruises, glass in his hair, otherwise unharmed. Hmm. He's also a dick. He has the most rational haircut of the three of you. He has a, he has great hair. He's also extremely interested in whatever you're talking about based on his eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also pictured in this, and this is how we know you're old, Coors Heavy. Like OG yep. Coors. Yeah. 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 That's not the, it's not the silver bullet. Uh, we need to move on. How do I get an arch in my eyebrow like him? That's amazing. I think you can go to a place in the mall now. Right. Get it. Browse with a Z. Yep. <laughs> on a Thursday, 2088 Bridge Over Troubled podcast, Luke is in a hot attic in Portland. So he's got the window cracked. Um, more on that in a second. He got Paul F. Tompkins' cell phone number after Livewire, but again, did not pitch him to come on TBTL. Um this music from outside keeps interrupting. First, he thinks it's the rap music from the kids from the convertibles or something. Uh, and then he realizes there's actually a piano right outside. Mm, yeah, pianos sound like rap music. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, my notes on this episode are actually really short. I'm going to skip all the way down to them talking about the international donors to the show. We must be getting near the end of the list, maybe. I don't know how they're organized. Um, yeah, I think so. But uh, Luke mentions that he studied Swedish. I guess this was on top of Swahili, was it? <laughs> He's taken a couple of yeah. weird languages. He's just uh, working through the S's. Yeah, yeah. He took Swedish 101 because a, a girl took the class. And then when she said she dropped out, he stopped going but didn't drop it. So he ate the failing grade only to find <laughs> out that she didn't stop going. How do you get into college if you don't understand how this works? Uh, I'm done with this class. It's it's like it's like a toddler just holding up their arms to be picked up. You know. Yep. Okay, I'm all done. Oh, but there are consequences. Nope, not for Luke. Uh, top story from Thursday: the Watcher House, the house that's been getting creepy letters that it's being watched, and the new owners have brought young blood. Uh, they're trying to sell. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'd buy that house. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Come on. Come at me. Are we going to write a letter? Someone's Might as well live agrees. in Adina. That's, that's Cupcake, actually. Cupcake. It's my turn to have animal noises. <laughs> she doesn't usually speak up, but here she is. <clears throat> um, Luke reiterated a tweet that Redfin is his grinder. Which I yeah. thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, and he lets us know that he's going to Sacramento tomorrow to interview a metal detector guy. On Friday, he tells us that they're called detectorists, but we know better. They're called metal hounds. Metal hounds. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Among other things, privately, in my mind. Yes. <laughs> uh, Andrew is uh, living in the burbs. 
not really, but he's he talks about not wanting to live in the burbs because he likes to be able to walk to a seven eleven or a similar type <laughs> store. <laughs> but if you if you just limit your real estate choices to right around the seven eleven, you can afford a lot of house. Yes. I don't wanna say this. I don't want to say this without context because it's incredibly mean, but planning your life so that you can get to a 7-Eleven is, is drunk talk. <laughs> That's because... How many nunchucks do you own? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it's just because either you know you're going to want to go when you're not capable of driving or you know you're wanna, you'll want to go after you're legally not allowed to drive right. anymore. You're probably statistically much more likely than the average person to wind up naked in an intersection wielding a katana. <laughs> uh, that's the store right next to browse with a Z, by the way, is the, is the store that smells like incense and sells the stupid fucking swords. Yeah. The swords. <laughs> sword ownership. Boy. Yeah. That, that needs to be, I mean, I'm, I'm huge on gun control, but we really got to get a hold of the sword thing. Cause anybody who owns a sword, I want to know their story. I need to be keeping track of them. God, you just offended so many podcast listeners. <laughs> yeah. Sword ownership. Talk about Venn diagrams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get an email from the Stewbot uh, to let us know that Luke's arch rival Piper uh, danced to the music of Amal and the Night Visitors. <laughs> it's catchy. Who doesn't dance to that yeah. music? Uh we get a follow-up on Steakgate um, listener who says they, they want their food all the way done. Do you have any opinions on this, Meredith? All the she way She didn't mayhem? say all the way done. She said all the way. All the way. All right, yeah. just you, all if, the way. If you use the word done, I think the server would understand what you were yeah. tr trying and embarrassed to say. But just saying it all the way is just going to lead to further discussion and prolong the awkwardness. Right. Well, that's what you just wait mm -hmm. for the server to say. How would you like it cooked? Well, there's and only five the answers. Way. There's only ever no. There's only ever five answers to that question. Well, rare, six medium rare. <laughs> there are six answers if you count wipe its nose, wipe its butt, and send it out. <laughs> so That's gross. True. That's I would love to make me. that dream come true for the asshole that says that. I would just <laughs> trot out a fucking cow. Yeah. Here you go, Kirby. <laughs> Wilbur. That all sounds made up to me. That's not a real name. Yes. Uh, Andrew and Genevieve went to Morton's and it was delightful. Minus the wipe its Those nose and wipe its butt and send it out. Come on. On a Friday, 2089, cat panic. It's 8 o'clock Friday morning. Luke's in Sacramento. He's on his way to El Dorado, which could not be a more fitting place for a metal detectorist. Uh, and Andrew is in emergency mode because he and Genevieve are catless in Seattle. Uh, at some point, somehow, unknown to now, Theo and Professor Bananas got out and are in the wind. And Mike, you helped Nara get a, an update for everyone. One of the cats is home. Yeah, I was, uh, I was working on Friday night and I was listening to the show and... When I got home, I checked the Stens page to see if Andrew had updated, um, and he hadn't. So I just sent him a message and asked for an update and asked him if he minded if I shared it. So I just shared it verbatim, and um, you know, at that time, 
the professor was underneath the neighbor's shed and Theo was still gone. And Andrew, in the middle of the thread during the evening or the next day, reported that they lured professor out from the shed, but Theo was still missing. And that's all the information I have as of right now, which is Sunday morning. Right. scary. I hope he finds them. Yeah. Um, I mean, we hate cats, so I know we don't care. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. that's true. I don't give a shit. Screw it. Myself, uh, but let's, if let's it were talk. a dog, I'd be out there. I would have flown to Seattle by now. And mm-hmm. Let's talk cat panic for a minute because <laughs> I've had this anxiety. And Cupcake must know I'm about to talk about her because she's running around my feet right now. Uh, our first, not our first apartment, but the last apartment we had before we bought our house um, was on the top floor of a sort of renovated mill building in Central Falls, next town over here. Uh, terrible terrible dangerous crappy city but uh these nice buildings they're creating you know condo space in because it was the top floor we had this little deck um smaller than a parking space walkout so the roof would slope down we had french doors that cut out of the roof and you had sort of a little opening on the top of the building but you could also look out onto the roof because the slope down was next to you on both sides we realized one night that Cupcake was gone, and it was dark out, it was late, um, and we couldn't figure anything out until we realized the French doors had been opened. We were letting some air into the apartment, and she must have climbed up on our little patio furniture out there and hopped out onto the roof and run out from there. It's the top of a very high-ceilinged five-story building. And so after and midnight— Cupcake's never been outside? Cupcake gets out, has gotten outside a couple of times, and we got her as a, I hate to use the term rescue, but we got her from, you know, the SPCA, and she had gotten out and was found. And so her experiences, we don't know if she was an outdoor cat before us, but she's an indoor cat now. Mm-hmm. And so I was walking around a terrible neighborhood after midnight with a flashlight in one hand and a laser pointer in the other. <laughs> Tar baby. Be- Tar baby, <laughs> where are you, Tar baby? Oh dear God! Uh, hoping that I could find her and that she wasn't a flat cat, because I could not figure out a reasonable way that she could have gotten down mm-hmm. from the top of a five-story building. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I was devastated. I could not sleep. I was a wreck. I stayed home from work the next day. Sam went to work. Uh, I woke up with the revelation that uh, perhaps she had landed in one of the other patios because everybody on the top floor had these little decks. And so I slid a note under our neighbor's doors or four units on the top floor. We didn't know our neighbors very well. Basically just being like, help me. Oh, my God, my cat. Call me on my cell phone. (laughs) And sure enough, the next morning she had uh, fallen into one of the other patios and they didn't have any furniture so she couldn't get back out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was genuinely panicked. I'm a little amazed that Andrew was able to even do the show on Friday. Yeah, that was my question mm-hmm. um, for for you ladies. I mean, uh, I don't think I. I mean, there's really no way that I could have done it just in good conscience. And also, uh, I guess because Genevieve left for work, that he didn't have to put up a show anymore. You know, if if it is all show, because what can you do? But it's a weird position to well, be in, right? you have to try. 
Yeah, I've I've been in this situation too. My cats are all indoor, but you know, every once in a while, one will slip out, and uh, I can't do anything until I find them. It's too it's too distracting. It's too scary to think about the possibilities, and they mm. usually are very nearby, underneath something, hiding. But you never know. Right. And remind me your pet situation. Zero. <clears throat> I mean, we had hamsters growing up, but I don't think that's quite the same thing. No, not at all. I think we can come out as hating hamsters and not offend. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, mean, I, I did had... have, I had a hamster that was an escape artist. And after, well, I mean, mostly because I was seven and couldn't put the lid on correctly. And after it escaped and went behind the couch and chewed a two inch hole in the brand new orange shag carpeting. My mom said if it happened again, he was going to get flushed on the toilet. Oh. And I was pretty upset about that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's hardcore. <laughs> I don't think uh, she but... really would have done it. She probably no. would have just dangled him over it, but I don't yeah. think she would have followed through. Now, the internet, internet guys at my house were in the crawl space, so there's no basements in Dallas, but we do have a pier and beam house, and the crawl space underneath it is like maybe two feet tall. And they, they they crawled through, the the guys opened the little door, which is in one of our closets, and they didn't realize that we have two escape artist cats. And so they, uh, two of them just followed them right down under there hmm. and uh, didn't come out for a good long time. So uh, I was just sitting in the closet with the door shut, shaking a bag of treats <laughs> for a good, I don't know, hour. Uh, Andrew tells of previous cat panic stories, and one of them is... Uh, was it it was Theo getting in the walls and it just reminded me there's an episode of It's Always Sunny where Dee's cat gets in the wall and one of the solutions the guys try is to send a bird in <laughs> to lure the cat out yep. but the bird's on a string <sighs> uh, everybody just go watch every episode of It's Always Sunny and then we yeah. can come back and talk about it maybe we should do a podcast where we break down every episode of It's Always Sunny. That's a pretty amazing episode. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I love that show. Uh, <clears throat> one of the cats is chipped, and I, I only bring it up because there are jokes about chips, but they just don't land, and it's one of those really painful moments. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to be game. He's trying to be, he's trying to be brave. Right. Uh, Luke, for his part, is also having a crisis. He didn't budget enough time to iron his shirt, so he's running... <laughs> The shower on full blast hot in the hotel room in California uh, to try to de-wrinkle his shirt with steam. It works. It does work. I do it mm -hmm. all the time, but not in California. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talk about the term get woke. By the way, this is just a very Friday episode of TBTL. Yes. My, my notes on this episode are a mile longer than any other episode, but none of them mean anything. Right. Uh, get woke. The term when you when you stay hip to something uh, that the media doesn't want you to know about necessarily, which leads to uh, an exploration of the Urban Dictionary top ten list. Great idea, guys. <laughs> Thank you for that. Just great time to remind everyone that TBTL is public radio. Uh, I think it was number three on the list, Netflix and Chill. I was telling you guys before we came on, I recently told Sam what Netflix and Chill means, and she didn't believe me. And then I showed her Urban Dictionary, and she said, that's Urban Dictionary, that's not real. 
And so, no, she still won't believe me that that's a thing that people say and do. <laughs> yeah, Urban Dictionary is credible until it's not. Right. You know, and when like, I, go ahead, Anne. No, I was just going to say, when it gets into Merriam-Webster, that's when it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and you're not going to see Alabama Hot Pocket in, in uh, <laughs> the Oxford uh, Dictionary either. Um, Alabama uh, Hot Pocket. They're adding new Don't words every year. And I was going to move on from this, Mike, but you go no, ahead. No, no, no. I, I actually, I have some something to say. Um, on Urban Dictionary, people just put stuff in there, and they, you know, they there aren't things that anyone actually does or would ever do, but they're just trying to gross you out. And mm-hmm. I have experienced this in my relationship with Emily. Um, she, she moved to Austin when she was 17, 18 to go to college here and has never left. She is originally from Baton Rouge. And when our relationship started, uh, at this point, almost 10 years ago, uh, and I would visit Austin, we'd be driving around and, uh, she would try to shock me because this is kind of a thing in our, in our relationship is we, we see if we can like get each other, you know, like say something shocking she would you know because she is more or less a native austinite and i'm a visitor she would point some point things out and sometimes she would point out like oh you see that uh, stand of trees over there you see that you know uh, i'd say sure and she'd say well that's where i did this to this guy I did X to X guy or whatever. <laughs> and I'd be, you know, and then she'd look over at me and see if it would like get me or whatever. And uh, I'm fine with whoever I'm with. I'm fine with their sexual history. Everything's fine. But when you get surprised with something like that, sometimes, you know, your face betrays it. You know, like what? Uh, so she did this to me occasionally for a pretty long period until I figured out how to take back the night on it. And what I would do is we'd be driving around and I'd point at something. I'd say, oh, that apartment building. And she'd go, what about it? And I'd say, that's where I gave a guy a, a Cincinnati swirly. <laughs> and I'd always make it like a, a, a place name and then a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, that park over there. She'd go, what about it? Uh, that's where I gave a guy a, a – Denver Hedgerow, you know, uh, a Louisiana uh, lava flow or something. And I would start to get her back with that. And that's what Urban Dictionary is. It's just people making shit up. Mm-hmm. So if you look at Alabama Hot Pocket on Urban Dictionary, which I don't think you should do, just Mm-mm. take it with a grain of salt because nobody actually did that. It's just people making shit up. Right. I You've told that story before. I think probably on takedown. Yeah. And I'm still choking laughter. <laughs> I thought we were going to... it's I, true. I thought we were going to the Redmond Inn for just a minute there. No, Redmond Inn is for another time. Okay. Uh, Luke made coffee in his hotel room, which is a line I won't cross. No, I've done it. I've only done it if they had a Keurig. Oh, 
Which I know years. sounds dumb because it's the same process, but for some reason I trust the brand. And I How do like, they no. put a Keurig in a hotel room and not expect it to walk out? I don't know. But I've had it. Uh, if it's a Keurig, I feel like because the coffee pot is, is sealed. and I mean, it's all the same. Uh, oh, but, right. You think somebody jizzed into the... <laughs> it would be the one service in a hotel room somebody didn't. <laughs> Someone went really out of their way. <laughs> You know uh, what? There's, there's one thing in this hotel room I haven't jizzed in, and let me let me grab that now. I see that coffee maker, like the Mister Coffee in a hotel room, and if it's taking up counter space, that I, I mean, I just unplug it and move it. I do the same thing yeah. with the alarm clock. Right. Uh, yeah. I he put equal in it, and he drank it. Otherwise, uh, no creamer. Uh, and this led to Andrew mentioning that his dad got punked by the oldest prank in the book in new england which i have suffered from many times mm -hmm. uh by ordering a regular coffee from a dunkin donuts in new hampshire and it coming back with cream and sugar this happened to me when we first moved out here because i drink my coffee black uh ordering a regular as in not decaf and getting a regular that is cream and sugar back not just from dunkin but all of the coffee places you know all not starbucks but like all the drive through e coffee places coffee should be like the steak thing there are like six ways right that's it you mm -hmm. know yeah so next time i order my coffee i'm just gonna tell him to wipe its nose and wipe its butt and send it out <laughs> <laughs> uh i was actually i i stopped the tape because i listened to this this morning and i i took off my headphones and i made sam listen to this part of the conversation of andrew talking about his dad in new hampshire because she grew up here and when I ordered regular coffee for the first time, she basically just laughed at me when they gave me what they gave me. Yeah. And she said to me, you screw it up once and you never do it again. That's not true. And the reason it's not true is because you're half asleep when you're ordering your coffee. Mm -hmm. You don't remember what you said, but you were sure you said what you thought you said. But you're going to make the same mistake at least one more time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, fuck you, New England coffee purveyors. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's getting raw yeah it is we're getting late in this late in the game here luke went to the empress tavern he was supposed to order a steak and make a point of ordering it the way he wants it with pride instead um he shared a piece of prime rib with his colleague and just ate the outside oh. edges of it oh man <laughs> that was so embarrassing <laughs> uh <sighs> and he also noted that the fancy french indian soup comes with a whiskey luge <laughs> Where you eat all the marrow out of the bone, and then they pour whiskey down it for you. If you can't like handle your steak stuff. medium, there's no way you're sucking any marrow. That's right. Yeah. Top story Friday: Chris Christie eats M and M's. Uh, from <laughs> pours more M and M's from the bag into the box so we can eat the M and M's from the box. Chris Christie is fat. That's the joke. Uh, Luke mentions that he likes that Chris Christie can bro down with the radio hosts who are giving him shit. And I ask, is that an important candidate for? I mean, that's how George W. Bush got elected, right? Because he could bro down. Being an everyman, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into this conversation because we've been marathoning the West Wing, and this is the argument for Josiah Bartlett, which is that you don't want the everyman pro as your president. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. There's a tangent about. Luke listening to Sacramento Public Radio. 
followed by bags versus boxes for food and food safety because Andrew talks about how penetrable uh, boxed candy is versus bags. Maybe don't let your kids go to his house when they're trick-or-treating. <laughs> and Luke talks about eating the overpriced M&Ms in the Hotel Deluxe that come in uh, fancy jars he can't pronounce. Ap- apothecary jars? That's the wow. one. That was... <laughs> nice. First try. But what is he really paying like ten dollars for yeah. a bag of MMs from the hotel? I'm pretty sure your he... your hardworking donor dollars to a live wire are paying for up to five hundred. <laughs> then no more MMs. Right. Uh, I think only I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've eaten snacks or taken drinks from a mini bar. In a hotel room, although it's hard to find a mini bar in a hotel room anymore, unless you stay at yeah. a real boutique place. I've never done it. it. I don't think I have either. It just is such a violation to my cheapness. <laughs> um, when I travel somewhere and if I have a rental car, I think the first thing I usually do after I get my lime green Kia Soul is I go to a grocery <laughs> store and I buy a case of water and a twelve pack of Diet Coke and some snacks. And so that no matter where I am or where I'm stuck, like I've got that. Yeah. And I don't need to be robbed by the hotel. Uh, Luke saw Martha Plimpton detained by TSA at the Portland airport. Just random. And didn't get her on the show. So once again, failed at his job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that shouldn't have even crossed your mind. I mean, come on. <laughs> Get an email from listener Chelsea. She's also in West Virginia. We get interrupted by housekeeping because that hadn't happened yet this week. Housekeeping. <laughs> uh, more people are in West Virginia. Uh, we have a listener in Africa who works for a charity called Soul Hope in Uganda, uh, not in West Virginia. And listener Tail writes in to say that Luke mentioning books by Frank Peretti was interesting to him because he is named for a character from a Frank Peretti book. Is I have tail not, a man or a woman. I have, I thought it was a guy, but now that you say that, I have no idea. I hope it's a guy. I hope it's, I hope he or she goes by his or her middle name. Most of the time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, music for your weekend. Andrew. Good day by naked gods. Good band with a bad name with a hat yeah. tip to Mark Marin, who got it on his radar. Luke brings gold sounds by pavement and listener Kendra, long time off and on listener. Kendra. <laughs> it's real long honesty. Time, part time. Brings California by quasi quasi. Excuse me. And with that, did I miss anything this week, guys? I wouldn't dare bring it up if you did. No. <laughs> Good. Cause we're, we're tight on time here. Uh, housekeeping. Uh, housekeeping <laughs> uh, the jingles are rolling in and ours are clearly better than TBTL's so thank you thank you Wagoneers for the jingles uh, we're going to start tagging them at the beginning and end of our episodes and here and there and everywhere when we can so don't stop them because we'll keep playing them because they make us extremely happy when we get them um <laughs> uh, also an update on archiving um i don't have an update on archiving because i'm not christy uh although she's not on the show uh she is still 
keeping her head in the game when it comes to that stuff. So I believe she just threatened to repo 2013 weeks from people who hadn't touched them yet. So yep. uh, get on your game with that. And uh, if you're not archiving up, but would like to join us, it looks like we're looking for some responsible people to replace the irresponsible people who are about to get repoed. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're the rent a center of archiving. Just get at us. Uh, and Christy, while having taken a couple of weeks off from our podcast, seems to have no problem doing everyone else's podcast. So <laughs> uh, if you're looking for your Christy fix, you can listen to the latest episode of Nerd Out Loud. You can also listen to the latest episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore, uh, which is a, a friend of the show of Nerd Out Loud, Jesse Dollamore, where uh, she talks about being... Uh, involved in the Washington state uh, primaries process. And you can also listen to Eureka podcast where she was the longtime podcast intern. And I think, you know, finally got on the show. And most of the people that appear on that podcast are shirtless. So, you know, there's a possibility. So that's guys, true. I'm saying if you really, if you want to get a shot of Christy, that there's, you know, yeah, I would say more people with no shirts than have shirts. Yeah on uh, Eureka podcast. So after you're done listening to TBTL and after you're done listening to us and after you're done listening to the entire archive of little red bandwagon, go take a listen to, if you're going to listen to one episode of Jesse Dollamore, I would say that's the one to listen to because it's the only one I've ever heard. Uh, Eureka podcast. And of course, nerd out loud. And with that, um, who would like to read the get involved block this week? Nobody? Not me. You can go to our site at littleredbandwagon.com. You can visit us on Facebook on our page or the Stens page. You can visit us on our personal Twitters. Christy's Kissy Eyes. I'm Meredith underscore Mayhan. Uh, Mike's Drew McFrizz. Bobby's RL Pape. And producer Jeremy is Dadstronaut. Be Anne's friend on Facebook. She doesn't Twitter. Our sh Hmm? Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can send us a text or a voicemail or a jingle at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Let's throw a jingle in right now. If you've got some imaginary friends, but two just aren't enough. And you love talking current events a week or so after the real stuff. Call 802-432-8285. That's 802-432-8285. Talk to the little red bandwagon and sign up for the archive. Yeah. Uh, and with that, somebody, please. Oh, first of all, Meredith, thank you. I was hoping to put Anne on the spot, but you beat her to it. So, Anne, next, next week, I'm going to make you read the Get Involved block. Okay, I'll practice. For Until then, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Uh, until then, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. You know, you were you were in a radio jacuzzi and you were so relaxed that you farted.